0: Here, there, and everywhere. (laughs) SAFM 104.9 FM in Port Shipston. Life happens with Pinelo Mutine. So Bronwyn Williams, Trends Translator and Future Finance Specialist at Flux Trends joins me on the line. And Bronwyn, it may not seem like it at the moment, but there will be life after the coronavirus, correct? Good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon. Correct. Absolutely. There will be life after and there is life right now, too, which we should probably remember at this point, too.
0: So much has happened so quickly. So most of us have always felt like we've got time. If if I'm not a geek, I will get there and I will eventually get to know how to use Zoom, for instance. Well, the time was not on our side because we suddenly had to realize that we had no choice but to use Zoom. Zoom obviously being the platform (laughs) where we many of us now are meeting and so on. So. In this very short space of time, how has life changed?
1: Well, I think most of us know our, our lives have become a lot smaller and they were quite expansive. And I think it's made us, probably the biggest thing, is made us realize how many privileges we have had as people living in the 21st century. Things like freedom of movement and the ability to travel. All these things that we took for granted are suddenly very much Luxuries that we just no longer have access to. So, I think the biggest thing is it's causing everyone, whether you're a business or an individual, to reevaluate what's valuable to you and where your, your worth really lies.
0: Is, is, and this is interesting because you do forecasts and sometimes you foresee things that are going to happen 10, 15 years, maybe a year's time. <laughs> but in general terms, From where you're sitting, technologically, do you think we're going to be headed for a better life?
1: Well, I I would say better is is probably an interesting word. Different is is definite. And better for some people and worse for others. I do think we need to be very aware, very careful when we sort of putting out sort of lib comments like yay, yeah, disruption, it's all getting better, That's, that quite frankly the next few months, perhaps even the next few years are going to be much worse for a large percentage of South Africa's population. And I think we need to sort of frame every conversation and be very careful about saying things like that and be very kind to each other, because things are tough. Resources are definitely going to be scarcer for some time, and life is going to be difficult. Any change is difficult. Change doesn't come naturally for people. It's not a pleasant process for a lot of organizations to go through. But at the same time, no matter how bad things are going to be in the next few days, few months, in a few years... It it doesn't have to stay that way. And in the longer, longer term, if we zoom out a little bit. Human life has been getting better over time for more and more people. And I'm confident that in the long, long run, that upward trajectory of human health, wealth and happiness in general is going to continue. But we are in the midst of of a dip at the moment and we are going to have to be very conscious about how we Ourselves out of this hole. So apart from policy and what government
0: has asked us to do in this case, for instance, lockdown, I certainly think that we are already behaving, you know, from a social point of view, mm-hmm. very, very differently. So, I when I go and get an essential supply at the shops, I see people are tense people people are tense nobody is happily willing to engage and if you say hello there's kind of a a bit of a brief moment before they say hello back there is distance yes it is warranted but what i'm saying is we are already seeing ourselves behaving differently policy or not and is that
1: likely to stay I think, I think for some time, yes. I think it's also interesting to note that the World Health Organization switched that term from social distancing to yes. physical distancing. Yes. And I think for that exact reason, because the last thing we want to do is actually be distrustful of each other. And that's a horrible, horrible side effect of mm-hmm. this. Because at this point in time, what we mean more than anything else is collective consciousness and is a sense of community and helping people that are more affected by things like lockdowns than others. So obviously, by a very large poor population is, it's very different to be locked down in a township than it is to be locked down in a nice apartment or 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 mansion, like we've seen all those celebrities putting their posts online about how how hard it is for Ellen Jenner, for example, to be stuck in a Hollywood Hills mansion. It's a very different reality for people here in South Africa. And also, of course, some people can transition to doing work online through Zoom calls, but there's a large segment of our business population that just can't do that. If you're a hairdresser, you can't just go on Zoom. You know, it's, not, it's not quite as easy as that for certain, for certain um, people. So, yeah, the more we can work together, the more we can support each other through this time, the better we're going to emerge on the other side. But that does involve thinking about that wider community, whether you're a business again or individual. How can we be solving each other's problems? Because it's so easy to turn myopic onto yourself and think about your own issues and your own problems, but literally the whole world so having to adjust at this point in time
0: one of the things that this has done particularly as you said for South Africa um, is for us to reckon with the very difficult issue that we've always been talking about but for those with with those who have and those who don't that gap is now more clearer than it's ever been before and we are obviously having to deal and reckon with that when we go back do you think businesses our you know structural practices will review that differently and maybe start thinking about how to bridge that gap a bit more effectively and more, more quickly?
1: Well, as you were saying, you know crises don't like this. They don't they don't create trends. They more accelerate them and, and they enhance all these different divisions in our society and all these trajectories and social movements that have been going on for some time. It just makes, puts a magnifying glass in it and it it, it shows that, so that some of the things that have become quite fragile are going to snap. And it's interesting you spoke about the whole difference between the haves and have-nots. One of the the biggest things that I've noticed this week that's come up because obviously news is developing all the time is that Spain has said that they're looking very seriously at instituting a universal basic income program. Mm. That's huge. This is one of the richer countries in the world, part of the European Union. And they're saying they're not just going to institute this, or they're looking to not just institute it for the duration of the crisis. They actually want to turn this into a a permanent social safety net for their whole population. And what these crises really do show is that an economy only works if everyone is working in it and if it works for everyone. Mm. Otherwise, societies can become very, very destabilized very, very quickly. And it shows that if we're not acting kindly and generously and sharing the fruits of our success throughout society, it means that we're destabilizing society. So it does definitely mean that the more we work together, the more we are able or the quicker we're going to be able to build the next of whatever the new normal is going to become. So I would absolutely say yes, that divide is definitely one of the biggest things we're going to have to worry about and just to add to that There's another chunk that is becoming very apparent to me, looking at the economic figures and all the rest of it, Mm. and that is that missing middle chunk. We Mm. know about the missing middle in South Africa. We know about the missing middle who doesn't Mm. get the student support, Mm. isn't able to go to university and get themselves out of poverty. Mm. But there's a larger part of that precarious middle class, or the precarious, as they say, the precarious proletariat is is the sort of economic term that's being used for that, And those are people that have been able to get themselves out of poverty and get into the lower rungs of the so-called middle class, but they're very fragile. and Mm. They don't have large savings, safety nets to fall back on. Maybe they run small businesses, maybe they're freelancers. These are not positions that are able to withstand a protracted lockdown. And that vulnerable middle class is highly concerning for things like democracy, for things like the economy, and for the future growth. Uh, of our of our entire country and economy, so that's that, that's probably one of the biggest things I'm concerned about at this sure.
0: point in time. I mean, you, I, I, yeah, I I was thinking about the other class, but you're also bringing up a very important portion of people that you guys have been studying quite a bit. So that Generation Z and and X, where they do multiple jobs. They, they, they're really okay, but they're freelancers and their, their time belongs to them and they don't really have to commit to anybody. Suddenly a person who is a blogger, well, maybe a blogger can still get on by, but a person who's a photographer who does events, who does this and that with no real security at this point is at risk.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I mean I have seen the, the data and you can look it up and we can see that the South Africans, even people that are earning what we would consider to be quite a large salary, yes. people in the upper middle class tiers earning sort of seven hundred and fifty thousand rand a year. That's quite an, that's quite a nice chunk of cash. Mm. They're still, according to the data, precarious. Most South African homes are weeks, never mind months away mm. from being from bankruptcy because we don't have savings. We don't have savings to fall back on. It's because such a large percentage of our population is first-generation middle class, the first generation to be professionals, to get degrees, to be working their way up that socioeconomic ladder. And that comes with a lot of fragility. We need to be very, very careful about protecting that because it's not just a psychological thing, you know, like if we see people that have made gains and successes then falling back, it's, it's, it's very destructive from a psychological perspective. But it also means that we're going to end up with more people going back into poverty. And that's the last thing you right. want. You want to be reversing those trends. And I know our government said that SMEs are, of course, one of the great hopes for reversing our our unemployment trends, and yet those are the businesses that have mm. the shortest cash runways, so the businesses that are struggling right now to figure out how they're going to pay salaries at the end of the month, and and that's really where, if we want as a society to talk about, you know, protecting the future and building a better future, we need to be looking at those, at that vulnerable middle tier that isn't supported by grants on the one end or have. Easy access mm. to things like bailouts and, you know, uh, those the loans, the, the loan payment holidays that our banks have very graciously extended to quite a lot of their clients. They're only extending those to people who have their loans paid up, for example. So if you're already in a financially vulnerable spot, this just makes you even more vulnerable. And in fact, so there are definitely things we can be doing as a society to support that chunk. And I think that's the more positive spin on that story.
0: And, and in fact, I think it was the UK that admitted that in, in as much as they're trying to then give some sort of security to everybody. The difficult part at this point is people who just don't fall within any system. And similarly here, I mean, we were hearing, I think the other day, it was the Minister of Transport saying, yes, we want to be able to reach out to people, but the taxi industry, for instance, is not quite regulated enough for us to just funnel funds in. So lots of those sectors, people who are hawkers and so on, where now we really don't know what to do with them. There was an an application yesterday that was open and then it was shut down before you know everybody got their their licenses and so on so it's quite precarious and and I wonder how swiftly mm. we're going to deal with particularly in South Africa that segment of our population that is so vulnerable
1: absolutely I'm, I'm glad you picked up on on the hawkers and the trading licenses because that sort of puts another lens on this whole spin and how as we move out of this crisis period, as the economy eventually opens up whenever it is, whenever we get out of lockdown, what we're we going to find is that you're getting into these vicious and virtuous circles where the winners kind of just take even more wow. and the losers lose more. Okay. And the retail trade example is very useful there because if you are an informal trader and you don't have access to a permit you not know, a registered business, you don't get any support from the SME fund on the one side mm-hmm. you're also not allowed to trade whereas your big retailers your big name brand retailers are allowed to trade. So They're sucking up business that they didn't have anymore. So you know, you've got the, the, bigger, the bigger companies cannibalizing of smaller companies You know, and, and the one's losses, the other one's gain. And maybe we need to be, maybe we need to encourage our government to be a little bit more far-sighted in the sort of policies that it's doing and to ensure this lockdown period is not accruing gains to a very small segment of the business sphere, that it's rather than distributing what remains is the economic flows and cash flows going around as broadly as possible because that's what we really need in our market in South Africa. We need a broader, deeper economy. We want less concentration of wealth. So we want more distribution and that requires flows of cash more and more
0: hands and and unfortunately that's the difficult bit I mean until you had the big big uh, um, chain saying we're not paying rent we're telling we are telling you you big property owners <laughs> that we're not paying rent nobody had ever thought about giving leave to people who are just not trading and I'm afraid I wonder if that includes the very small nail uh, nail technician that includes a very small salon because they're not necessarily always in the big cities and always necessarily in the big mall. So nobody protects them once again.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think it's an indictment on our society and the way we set everything up to me, but we we have these sort of blind spots into where we apply our attention and our money and all the rest of it. But the challenge is to everyone listening on this call right now, it might sound like what are we gonna do about it? Well, you've got a choice, whether you're a consumer, whether you're a voter, whatever you are, you know, you've got to stop voting with your cash and with your feet and with your with your boats and with your wallets and all the rest of it to support the businesses that you want to build the economy. Mm-hmm. So one of the sort of more positive trends we definitely picked up, but Flex trends, looking at how people are actually prepared to put their cash behind supporting the businesses they want to survive. It will be to see platforms picking up. like this one called CSC today. And what they do is they're inviting people that do have jobs that are able to get paid this month that have cash coming in through the lockdown period to actually purchase futures vouchers for the businesses that are unable to trade at the moment. So if you do have a nail technician, for example, that you're loyal to, through that platform, you'd be able to buy a voucher. That little nail technician, that little business could get some cash now to help them through this period. And then you can go and redeem your service when the economy opens up. So I think platforms like that are quite encouraging to me, showing that people are prepared to invest in supporting each other. And it's great to see South Africans doing that for each other. And I definitely encourage you if you do have a bit of spare cash, if you're one of the lucky people that's still getting a salary, that's business is able to open online, but you do think think about that, about how we can ensure that as much of our economy survives through this this very crucial period of lockdown.
0: Thank you so much for your time. Bronwyn Williams, who is a trend translator and future finance specialist at uh, Flux Trends.